0: Welcome to Social Sips and Business Tips. Where we're brewing a fresh pot of greatness. Sipping on mentality,
1: life, leadership, and business success.
0: Let's pour us a cup and jump right in. get to know everybody. Um, and I know you've got uh, some awesome and unique experiences that not all of us can kind of match up with. So I'm excited for these guys to get to know you and all your life. Um, so just tell us your life story, where where you came from, how you got to where you are, what you're planning on doing in the future. And then uh, we'll do some Q&A at the end. And we've got until a little before 930. We got a little raffle. Thing we gotta do so right i'll let you take I it agree. away
1: so do you want me to start like where i was born and all that stuff like way way back
0: absolutely i want to know what your first word was and no wherever, <laughs> wherever you want to start
1: i don't know what my first word was but um my mom says in a very creepy way i started speaking really really early in life so um so i was born in an army hospital in fort knox kentucky don't ask me too much about Kentucky because i have i know nothing really about Kentucky other than Kentucky Derby and yeah so um and we moved to germany when i was really young like an infant and my mom says i started speaking like really clearly like right after 1 year old and um she said it was so weird because people would come over and I'd start talking to them and they'd just look at my parents like, what in the hell? Um, my mom still has videos of me standing in the crib saying, hey Todd, come get me, um, come get me, I'm awake. <laughs> and, and that was like me trying to tell my dad like, hey, get me out of this crib, dude, it's 6 a.m. It's time to start rolling, <laughs> you know? And she has videos of it. I was like, okay, that does like really, really creepy. So she's like, yeah, you were kind of like the circus freak going up, but that's okay. Not much has changed. Um, A lot of Army moves later. Uh, We ended up in South Carolina for a while. I went to elementary school in South Carolina, some of middle school, and then we ended up moving to Atlanta. I went to three different high schools in Atlanta. If you guys are from Atlanta, I went to, or we'll say the surrounding areas I went to Decula, way, way up north in the country. Like, and that was definitely kind of rough, you know. Um, I remember going on, uh, getting on the bus in the morning and, you know, the bus driver listening to like Hank Williams Jr. on blast first thing at like 6 a.m., you know. So we were like, oh man, you like country music? I was like, yeah, I guess you just kind of have to. Like, literally, we would just listen to country all morning until we got to school. And then, I'm sorry, on the ride home, the bus driver would blast Hank Williams Jr. all the way home (laughs) until we got off the bus. Uh, At one point, there was a donkey in the middle of the road just standing there to where the bus couldn't get past and get into the neighborhoods because literally the kids were screaming out, there is an ass in the road. So if you live in Tequila now, it is nothing like what it was then. At that point, it was just winder Georgia extended. So, um, and then I went to Berkmar High School for one semester, and then I I finished up everything in uh, in Alpharetta. So that's the story about that. Um, Let's see. I studied music at the University of Michigan. Go Blue! Uh, If there's any Ohio State fans on, just (laughs) what?
0: What's up, Yannick? I said OH. It's Jeff up here in Cleveland. Oh,
1: gosh. So um, I don't even recognize statements like that. Um, and I moved down to Atlanta. And it's funny because for so many years, I said I would never, ever move back to Atlanta. And I've moved back to Atlanta twice. <laughs> so um, moved back to Atlanta. I started in Ken Lear's office right here in Atlanta on AT&T, or I'm sorry, on Bell South Res, because it wasn't merged with AT&T yet, or it was like a- Bell South, also known as the new AT&T or whatever. Um, went through the field there. When I first started, I was terrible at sales. Like, and I had like a flashback of that the other day when I sold one of my old cars. I was like, this is the worst negotiation I've ever done in my life. Clearly, I got to go back to the field for just a little while um and i was terrible like i couldn't take control i was just really really nice and um and i would just hope that if i did a really really good job presenting and hit a lot of doors that i would close well let's just say law of averages did work um everyone else was seeing like maybe 50 60 doors a day i was definitely seeing close to 100 So if you can imagine how thin I was, and then how, you know, seeing a hundred doors on res every day in the Georgia heat, and I got a lot of experience. So I went from being the worst at taking control to the best. Now I'm not afraid to have any conversation with anyone about anything. So fast forward now, um, I got promoted to assistant manager in South Carolina, ran an office in South Carolina, moved to California. I did a retrain with Ken Lear for a few months, reopened in Long Beach, California. I was in Long Beach for a few years. And then I was like, you know what, I want to work behind the scenes on things. Um, I realized I am not the best person when it comes to managing a lot of relationships and a lot of people. And it's funny, I'm even like that with my personal life and I'm way better one-on-one or in small groups. So I just had this idea, like I wanted to make it easier for people who are running businesses and things like that to have the mindset and the development and things of that nature. And so that's what I do now. Um, Whether it's, you know, within our organization or outside of our organization, I help entrepreneurs grow their businesses more and have more peace and more time and more organization. And I get to still develop and coach people, but it's more one-on-one or in small groups or temporarily. And blame that on my only childness, or that's what I blame it on. <laughs> I
0: love it. I didn't know you went to three different high schools in Georgia, three, four, three?
1: I went to three. I went to Decula. I went to Berkmar, and I went to Northview.
0: Also- Living in Atlanta, I, when I first moved there, everybody made fun of me because I called it Dacula. Yeah. Instead of Dacula. And there's a lot of city names in Atlanta that are like that too, but I love it. Um, you, have unique. I've, I've known you for a, a little while. You've always had this just go-getter attitude. Yeah. How did you develop that over time? Because I think a lot of these guys come from customer service backgrounds or restaurants. And like we were just genuinely nice people which is not a a weakness by any means, but like how did you develop that go-getter attitude?
1: Um, I, just from a young age, like I've had to self-regulate, you know, and what that means is like, you know, you have like the helicopter parents, mine were not helicopter at all. I don't know what the exact opposite is of helicopter parents, but they were definitely like the, Hey, figure this out. Like you're going to learn how to wash dishes. Oh, wow. You're old enough to hold a sponge now. <laughs> Let's start cleaning up these counters and bathrooms. I don't Did anyone else have parents like that? That they were like, no. Okay. So we have like some strong nods that were like, yeah. Can you sweep? Great. You're going to study right now. And I'm not going to sit here and force you to do it. You just can't do anything else until <laughs> this is done. But um, I mean, What I've learned is everything that you want, you're really the only person that can make that come to life. Like there's going to be people that along the way that can help you and support you. But I think that someone else's best, like their best is support. If they're doing it for you, then it's theirs. You know, Um, if they're supporting you in it, it's still yours. They're just guiding you along the way. And once I realize that, that everything that I want, that's going to be like a big deal and it's really important to me, I'm going to have to be the person to go get it. Um, And maybe that came from early on, like being an only child or what have you. The second reason I I figured that out is I had a leader in the office and this wasn't my leader. It was actually someone else's leader and he took me under his wings and he was just really, really hard on me. Like, I was like, I'm just not getting it yet. I'm just not getting it yet. And he'd say, we don't have time to get it. You know, this is how we make our money. So you're either going to get it now or you're just going to go home broke. And I was like, oh, I guess that's really all it comes down to. And it just, it didn't matter what it was. He was just always on me on top of that. And I hate that, but it works really well for me. You know, Uh, my dad was in the military. He was a tough coach about everything. And he just always like, give it to me straight up like I'll tell you one time I called my dad like crying about this guy like oh my gosh he doesn't like me he broke up with me blah blah blah. and I'm thinking like hey I'm calling my dad like I'm gonna get some like dad sympathy he literally listened to my entire sob story and you know what he said to me he was like look baby girl everybody's not gonna want you (laughs) Like, I was like, so you listen to the whole story and that's all you have for me? Everybody's not going to want you. Shut down. (laughs) But looking back, that was the best advice I probably could ever receive about that sort of thing because it's not untrue. Like, he just told me the truth and just saved me you know years worth of like i can't believe this you know what i mean like sometimes it's just how things go you know and um and again that goes back to that like look you just got to get out there and hustle like this person doesn't want you you can go on a date tomorrow (laughs) you know it's not it's not a you know as huge of a deal and um and you'll know when something is special and you'll know when opportunities you know get in front of you and so and when you see them Go after it, you know, because there's really nothing stopping you, and um, and once you realize that, like nothing's really getting in your way except for when yourself and when you feel like doing it, everything changes. The part that's hard is you just have to go through the process to figure that out to have that click moment, you know. And I don't know, I haven't been able to get around that process other than just understanding, like, hey, I'm trying to accomplish this. It's taking me some time to get results which means I'm either still learning or I'm getting in my own way. Either way, the only way for me to get the result is to continue to engage the process and trust it until it happens. And Joe, so just constantly reminding myself of that has been what's kept me going.
0: So you said early on that you you struggled with the field and taking control and, and all that was probably not your strong suit right off the bat. What did you do intentionally to improve on that every single day? I know you talked about law of averages and seeing a lot of people, but.
1: Well, um, the first thing that had to happen was I got tired of having to see, you know, 500 people a day to close a sale. Like being bad at taking control is really hard. (laughs) Like it's really, really, really hard. You know, because that means you have to work three times harder than everyone else. Like, especially if you know how to sell and you know the sales system, everything that you don't use just makes it harder for you to get the result. You know, like if you speak for a long time, it's harder to close the sale because you're going to lose the person in the conversation. If you, you know, don't take control, that means you are really hoping that the person's really excited about it. And how many people are excited about anything these days? you know um whether it's icebreakers what have you so the first thing i started doing was doing a lot of one-on-ones and i just broke it down with like specific scenarios like hey they're saying this this is what i'm saying what would you say and um at the time i I had a really hard time if someone did not have services at all setting them up with phone and internet like i was really great at upgrading and i believe it's just because it's a softer sell in a sense but like if someone does not have services i was like oh hold on like, I can't pitch the saving money, you know, they just have to spend money. And so I asked one of the trainers, like, hey, what do you say? And he said, oh, well, if I say, if they say, hey, I don't have a home phone, I say, okay, great. I'm going to set you up with one today. What's, you know, give me your name and email address. And I said, that's it? And he's like, yeah. And I was just like, no, there's no way this is going to work tomorrow. I literally go out and I said, I'm going to use it just so I can tell him how like shitty his advice is. And so um, and so, I go out, the first customer that I meet that says that, I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to set you up with phone and internet today. What's your name and email address? And they just gave me their name and email address. And I signed them up. And then I was like, oh, so this whole taking control thing does work. So I just started taking control all the time. and I just, And then it turned into a game like, how much of this person's life and their situation at their business or their home or whatever, will they allow me to just kind of do, you know? And I realize most people, if you take control, they're just like, okay, unless you meet another person that's like type A, they'll have more questions, but at least starting the process will get them to those questions faster.
0: Okay, so th- should I answer I, the questions I, that are in the I chat? Got, I got the chat you need Okay, yeah.
1: all right, cool.
0: Kind of guide you through that way you don't have to try and read and, and go at the same time. Okay. Um, so Alicia Russell, you have to ask her about, so Alicia, come off mute for a second. Alicia's got a, a big music background. She wants to know how you've translated your music career into your current career, or how you went from going to school for music to do what you do.
1: Okay, so if, I don't know, Alicia, like what type of music you're in, what kind of music background do you have. I'm an opera singer. Okay, so you already know like <laughs> So for anyone who's in classical music, like having a career in classical music is beautiful. But um, getting to the professional stage is like, to me, the same thing, like the major stages that pay and things of that nature. um, It's the same as like trying to get in the NFL. And I'll say it's a little bit harder because people can stay in it for way longer. Like at least they age out of professional sports by like age, you know, maybe by their mid-30s or so, late 30s, sometimes 40s if you're like Brett Favre, you know, but that's like not normal (laughs) um so unless other than Brett Favre when you're in classical music people can literally play in an orchestra until they're like 75 80 and because they know it's like the NFL they're not leaving they're not going anywhere they're just going to continue to play they're going to teach some private lessons at their homes they may teach at a university or what have you Or, you know, you have people that will, you know, become educators and things of that nature. And I think it is beautiful, but um, I'm extremely money motivated. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And by the time you rack up the student loans from, you know, perfecting your craft and getting into that to performing or what have you, And Alicia, this may sound kind of harsh. And if you are currently pursuing an operatic career, I think it's still beautiful and and worthwhile. But um, you've got to be willing to be broke for quite some time, you know, before you make money. This may sound bad, but I didn't really grow up in that position. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) So, um, So I was like, I was as much as I was taught how to struggle and like my parent, my mom would say like, no, this is my situation and my money, not yours. Like I have money, you know, you're broke. (laughs) Like, you know, that sort of thing. But I just didn't grow up struggling. And I just was not at that point willing to go through that. And um, the second thing is I realized like, I wasn't really built to sit in a practice room for, you know, hours upon hours a day. (laughs) And that's what it takes to do that. So I transitioned and I use some of like the, uh, the discipline that you learn from classical and the mindset, like, you know, in classical music, they like start beating you up from an early childhood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like when you first start singing, they're like, you look terrible. (laughs) Like, you know, (laughs) there's like, especially if you have like great teachers, you know, they are from like all over the world and they're usually not American. And they're like, you're terrible. You need to practice more. Like they don't do all that like cookie cutter, like, oh, we're just doing this for fun. They're like, don't waste my time. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, so I just use that. And I applied that level of discipline and being used to being criticized and evaluated and being graded based on what I can do and not based on anything else. And I applied that towards my career in sales. And, you know, at the end of the day, life is about what you can produce in in a career anyway, like what are you going to make of this? And people who know how to produce and make something and to create and to produce, you know, they're incentivized and it's the same thing in music.
0: I love it. Uh, You also mentioned earlier about getting in your own way. What does it look like to you? How do you get out of your own way? Do you find yourself still overcoming that?
1: Oh my gosh, it's like an everyday struggle. And I think that's with most humans, right? And especially for me, like I am a really good strategist and I'm a very strong critical thinker, right? Um, It's beautiful if you're helping people to strategize and to do all these different things, But the problem when you can see everything from so many different sides and analyze the data and what have you, you can kind of go into, what is it, analysis paralysis, you know, Um, and that's something to where at times you just have to go for it. And every time I've had like different transitions in life, um, I've had to push myself out of the analyzing stage and to just straight up going for it. And it's just kind of how I do things. You have other people that just jump in and do stuff, and I think that that's beautiful too. But then you know sometimes they need a little bit more of like, okay, before you go and cash in, you know, everything that you own and put it all into this investment, let's look at what you're actually investing in. I know you're really excited about it right now, but you know, let's look at this. Um, and really. It's just about like the thoughts that constantly, like you have to be able to control the thoughts that you're always thinking about, just because it can be really real to you and it not be real. Does that make sense? And it just becomes real because you've said it over and over and over again. Like a lot of times, like I'll use the example from being able to take control. I used to always say like, I can't take control. I can't take control. Well, I just kept saying that over and over again until it really created like a boundary in my mind. And whenever it was time to do it, I'm like, I just froze up. And so I just had to make things really simple. Like, hey, this guy said to do this, I'm going to do this, which really what he was doing was taking control. But I took it away from the idea of, I gotta go out there and take control To All I have to do is just say this. So whenever I find myself um, getting in my own head, well, I always go through this process of analyzing it. But then, <laughs> I have like a kick myself moment and I just give myself like a simple solution. And um, when I make things simple and I'm, and I have a lot of clarity around it, then it's not hard for me to make a decision. You know, Um, typically the simple, like the simple facts for me are the easiest to make moves on and to act on.
0: Do you feel like you go through a step-by-step process with that, where you, you, you've now taught yourself to catch when you're in that analysis stage and like move into do something stage or?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> I catch myself doing, that's the that's the weirdest part is now like I've been doing this work on being aware of what I'm thinking about. So when I catch myself, I'm like, crap, did I just do that? And sometimes I get upset, but I'm like, hey, you know, knowing what's, what you're doing wrong and you know, confronting it, is like the next step to before conquering it. And it doesn't all happen at once. So if I catch myself, like, getting in my own way or what have you, I usually like to talk it through with someone else just to get my thoughts out or I'll, you know, journal it or like I have one of those here, like a million one of them. And then usually I'll just say, okay, no, like, I know you just said all of this, but the real issue is blank. So just do this. And I just get back to, to making it simple again.
0: I love it. Do you have any tips or resources for sharpening your mentality or your mindset every day? I would
1: recommend journaling every day to see um, what your patterns are. Um, I do like to start like my morning. I do like a little reader, you know, like an inspirational read in, in the morning. Um, like after this call, I'm going to go ahead and finish or really start my coffee and um, do a little bit of reading just to sharpen my mind. And I like to start my day with something like that. Um, And it just sets the tone for the day. Like, you know, there's a lot of trash stuff out there that sometimes I like to engage in. I just don't want to start my morning, (laughs) you know, that way. So now I'm trying to get back out of the habit of, going on social media in the morning because most of it is trash and going like, okay, like this morning I read, you know, my little inspiration thing. And then I'll read some more and then I'll save the trash for later once I've gotten some stuff done. So, I mean, just, just be intentional about everything one, but, um, I would focus on being intentional about what you're putting in. Like if you want to get sharper, read things that make you sharper, like right now, I'm reading this book by Roger Ailes, which is really good, You Are The Message, and it just kind of goes back into communication and authenticity, which is um, something that's really high on my list of values, Um, and just going from there.
0: I was reading your, I don't know if these guys can see it, but I was reading the the poster or the quote behind you. Oh yeah. I love that. Can you guys, can everybody see that? Yannick, could you read that off just so that everybody yeah, hears that?
1: it's no use going back to yesterday. I was a different person then. Oh, my elephant ears die. That's what I get. Um, so yeah, there's no point. And I mean, we're all constantly evolving and, um, and we're all constantly changing. And what I realize is a lot of times we're not progressing because we haven't progressed Um, We don't progress because we get caught in old patterns, you know, and I'm like a real stickler about like, hey, if I've conquered something, I'm not trying to go back to revisit that again. You know, I want to see like the progress from it. I want to see the results of the evolved version of myself. So there's no, you know, there's no point of going back to what you were doing. If you've conquered it, then move forward and just stay consistent with you know the new behavior and that's where consistency comes from is you know consistently doing the things that have gotten you progress before and that's how you build momentum and you know when you stop engaging the behaviors and the activities that make you progress then really what that means is you're going back to old patterns which stops your momentum Which slows things down and gets you the same results that it got you last time and that's where the idea of people feeling stuck comes from is from engaging old patterns that don't serve you and don't serve what it is you want to achieve so basically it it works do it
0: (laughs) i love it i'm a big mentality guy so surrounding yourself you guys with things that remind you of where you're going i think is huge too so i was Glad that you had something behind you, Unique. Yeah. Um, should we should we finish this call, Michelle, with the same question we asked Chris Butte? Yeah. <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> let you ask it because I'm going to butcher it. But Unique, thank you so much for your time today, and then uh, we'll let Michelle throw that question at you. All right. How you can say that? Because I even messed it up last week when I did it with him. But let me think. So, um, if you could beat up any cartoon character who would it be and why
1: if i could beat up any cartoon character yeah could it be like a person and not a cartoon character i mean sure keep it real yeah if i could beat up any person or any cartoon character gosh that list would be really long um Maybe I'll stick with a cartoon character. Um, if I could beat up any cartoon character, it would probably be Daffy Duck. Any specific reason? He, just like from the annoying sound, you know. Like imagine him walking behind you all day, like talking like that. Um, Daffy Duck constantly complained. You know, like he complained I'm good, about. Little yeah. Yeah, he was just like annoying and negative. So it would probably be Daffy Duck. He's also like the least entertaining of all the Disney car- cartoon characters. Like, who has Daffy Duck as a kid, like on their wall? That looks like Nick did from his facial expression. Really,
0: <laughs> That character was hilarious. I can't come I... on.
1: And follow me on Instagram at Yannick W. I try to put some videos on there. I'm gonna put some on there today.
0: Perfect. Awesome, awesome. I didn't know we uh, had an Instagram to follow. We'll love uh, to follow. Yeah, you
1: need to follow uh, my Instagram.
0: Our, in Ari, TV. if you're still on this call, help me out. Yeah. i <laughs> already following her on our Instagram everywhere. Hey, there it is. Yay. <laughs> cool, Thank all right, you. well, thanks, guys. Have a kick-ass day today.